You're listening to Simple Ritz Radio, episode number 92. And today we're diving into the power of choice and how to change your mindset to see real results. Welcome to Simple Ritz Radio with Alexa Schur. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Schur. Welcome back. I'm your host, Alexa. And as always, this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find joy. Today is episode number one in our Summer Mindset series. And I have to be honest, I'm so ecstatic to dive in. We have so many great experts coming on to talk about our emotions and mindset and how this is affecting our biology. Because I've become so passionate about this in the last few years as I've witnessed for myself the power of my own mind and my own healing journey and just simply how it can change our life. But specifically this summer, we're going to be diving into how our mindset and our emotions are affecting our biology, how to overcome anxiety, knowing your personality type and how this can help you reach ultimate health, what your relationship status means about your health, and of course, a few solo episodes diving into deeper topics. Along with this, on Fridays, don't forget, we're going to have that special bonus series, answering your most embarrassing health questions. Yes, those Friday Five bonus episodes are gonna switch just for the summer into answering your most embarrassing health questions, and I have a special guest coming on to help me do just that. So stay tuned for those. But today, like I mentioned, this topic is near and dear to my heart. Mental health and the mindset has always been a fascinating subject. I grew up with someone who struggled with mental health problems, and so I live with it. And I've always been curious to know, can we help it? Can we fix it? But even outside of if you have mental health problems or not, I think we could all agree that we could all take steps to better our mental health and to understand how mental health really does have an effect on our biology, on weight issues and backaches, and basically every other symptom that that we have could be related back to an emotion, or at least our emotions could be worsening them or bettering them if we use them right. So like I said, I'm super passionate about this. I've been researching it, and I just decided that I was going to share with you what I'm learning in my own journey, because I think that there's a lot of value in that, of coming alongside of you and saying, hey, I'm still learning about this stuff, but I think it's fascinating, and I've seen so much change in my own life, and I think you can as well. So we're going to go on this journey together all summer long, and today we're starting with breaking down the power of choice, and we're going to start by just kind of giving the foundation of the different types of our mind, which is the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the unconscious mind, and how we can use these and work with these and change these to ultimately see the results that we're looking for. But before we get started with that, I do want to remind you that If you haven't left a rating or review, I would love you to go over to simperswellness.com backslash review and do so. All you have to do is leave a, a star rating and an honest review. I read every single one of them and they mean the world to me. Honestly, this is not just for my benefit, but this really is for the value of helping other people who wouldn't otherwise find or hear about Simple Roads Radio to do so. So iTunes actually prefers podcasts that I have more ratings and reviews. I know it seems silly, but at the end of the day, this is what makes the show go round. So if you haven't done that yet, would you mind going to simperswellness.com backslash review or just finding Simperitz Radio over on iTunes? Just search for that in the iTunes search bar 
and leave that rating and review. You only have to do it once. It takes literally just a couple of minutes. And again, like I said, it means the world to me. So thank you so much for doing that. Also, don't forget to head on over to the show notes. I have a free download for today's podcast, helping you to walk through the information that we're talking about on today's show and actually start to implement it into your own life. Because as you know, I'm a big stickler for making change. We're a generation that has more knowledge than we've ever had, and yet we still haven't made the adequate amount of change. And I think there's a there's a point of just having knowledge overwhelm or information overwhelm. And so in order for me to help break that down, in order for me to help lessen the load of just having all of this information and not knowing where to start, I do create those free downloads for almost every podcast where I want to help walk you through the process of taking action, of thinking about it and implementing it into your own life. So make sure you head to the show notes at simbirdswellness.com backslash 092 to get that and all the information on today's show. Also, you can sign up to be a part of this community, joining like-minded people who are on a mission to just live healthier lives without living for health. So to get on my email list, to learn more stories about me, tips, tricks, and hacks, just put your name and email address in there and you'll be receiving weekly updates from me. Okay, now let's get right to the show. So the mindset, like I said, I wanted to do this series because I have been looking and studying at health for a really long time. And there's one thing that I know is that we are a generation of people who know how to eat right. We have the knowledge. Most of us have the knowledge base to know that vegetables are probably preferred over processed foods. The problem is, is how do we get ourselves to do that, right? And so the common thought was to just diet, to have systems in place, the all or nothing mindset of you have to follow this. And and yes, if you follow this, you will experience results, which yes, a lot of times that they work. The problem is, is that they don't work for a long period of time. In fact, they've estimated that 99.9% of all diets fail after three years. So after three years of actually going on the diet, losing the weight you wanted to lose, and 99.9% of all of those cases, all of that weight comes back within three years. And that's an alarming statistic for me because I don't want to be another person who just slaps another diet on the market, promising all these great results only to end up back at square one, maybe even worse off than square one, in less than three years. So I've searched and I've studied and I've longed to know what the answer is. And I'm not saying that it's just the mindset, but I'm saying that there has to be a huge component of the mindset that we're missing because at the end of the day, our mind is what makes the choice. And the choice is what determines our action and the action is what determines our results. Now, here's one big statement that I want to make that I've learned about studying the mindset is our number one source of motivation in life is freedom and independence. Now, we probably know that, right? Because there are people who are willing to die for our freedom, right? We have soldiers who are fighting on the front lines and willing to die for our freedom. Freedom is something that everyone in all the world chases after, right? They want to go to free countries and live in free places. And we want freedom of speech and and we want the freedom and the power to do whatever we want because we want independence. In fact, in humans, our first independent skill that we will ever take on is that of eating. And that's why food fights is generally one of the number one sources of contention in families or amongst toddlers and their parents is simply because toddlers are initially fighting for independence and food freedom. And so if we know that, if we understand that, 
then we can look at diets and we can maybe start to see and grasp why they don't work. Because there's a sense of trapped, (laughs) of a lack of freedom that you automatically enter in when you step into a diet, when you have to start counting points or macronutrients or starting to be worried about carbohydrates. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be aware of those things, but I'm saying once we step into a diet, we almost become trapped. And whether you believe it or not, your mind and your subconscious and your unconscious are generally believing that. And therefore, you're gonna have this fight. You're gonna have this fight between your emotions and what you think you should be doing and what your body actually wants to be doing. And you're gonna step into deprivation and starvation and restriction. And that's gonna end up leading to your body winning, which means ultimately it's gonna seek freedom and that could come out in a binge or gaining all the weight back or just losing motivation to do anything healthy because it has tied with it so many emotions of restriction, of starvation, of a lack of freedom, and therefore you can't handle it. Okay, that was totally me on my soapbox. But long story short is to say, one, our body craves freedom. We are people who desire that. And as long as we put ourselves in a box of some kind of diet or a system that's outside of who we are and the wrong mindset, it will never work long term. And number two, we're humans. We're not driven by results. We're driven by emotion. And in that emotion comes the power of choice. So those are the three things I'm going to break down today. We're not really going to dive much into the freedom aspect and Um, much other than to say that freedom does matter. And I think that um, in in an upcoming podcast, when we talk about uh, making choices based on letting go of restriction and starvation and, and opening up this power to decide that you can eat anything, And then having the power of choice, what we're going to talk about today, to come alongside and say, I know I can eat that piece of cake, but I'm choosing not to because it doesn't make me feel well. It it could seem silly and absurd. I totally understand that. But I'm telling you, this has so much to do with our mindset. And at the end of the day, our mindset is a direct relation of where our heart status is. And so we're going to dive into all of that. But like I said, today, we're just going to kind of break down the basis of our mind before we get into the heart issues, which is the spiritual component to health that so many people are overlooking and not thinking about, just like the mindset. So today, we're going to dive into the mindset and what that means for our health and how we can start using our mind to become healthier without the work of it. I think once we grasp this idea of working with our mind and really creating the emotion behind it, then health becomes easy or at least easier. We're not trapped and defined by it or chasing something that's not worth chasing. We're actually living within who we who we were created to be. So first up, we're gonna talk, break down the three parts of our mind. Now, like I said, this is cool stuff. I could research it all day, but there's three parts to our mind. We have the conscious mind, we have the subconscious mind, and we have the unconscious mind. There are three very distinct and different parts of our mind, and they really do fascinating stuff. So to break them down, our conscious mind is what most people associate with who we are. Our conscious mind is really where we live day to day. It's how we perceive to other people who we are. However, the bulk of the action does not take place in our conscious mind. Our conscious mind is simply the communication to the outside world of the inner self through things like speech and pictures and writing and physical movement and thought. So our conscious mind is obviously what we're conscious of. It's what we're very, very aware of day in and day out. On the other hand, we move a little bit deeper to our subconscious mind. 
Some say our subconscious mind is a lot like the RAM in your computer, which I didn't really know what this was. So I did a little research to fill you in on this nerdy statistic. And if you know what a RAM is, then you totally get this. But it's basically what's responsible for the short-term memory and the programs that hold the data that you're currently in use so that they can be reached easily. So like the RAM in your computer is what you're, the programs and the data that you use most frequently. So it's kind of like the shorter term memory that it's holding on to you so that you can easily reach from it. Apart from the short term memory, the subconscious mind plays an important role in our day to day functioning. It works to ensure that you have everything you need for a quick recall and access to it when you need it. So like when you call the doctor's office and they need to know your kid's birth date, that's not in your conscious mind. You're storing that in your subconscious mind. So you have to Pull from your subconscious mind to remember your birth date or your telephone number, things that you're not consciously aware of all the time or that are easy to access. Um, So again, these can include things like memories, like your phone number, when you drive your car without really having to constantly think about it. So I don't know if you've ever experienced this or if this is just me or if you're just going to become very concerned about my driving ability, but have you ever gone, like gotten in your car and not remembered really how you got to your destination at all. Like you were kind of like, wow, like I don't really remember anything about that drive. That was your subconscious taking over because your conscious mind was focused elsewhere, but your subconscious mind was able to follow through with the actions while your conscious mind was distracted. So you can see that there's real value in your subconscious mind. Other things um, that it can do is it runs your current programs. So your daily behaviors, your habits, it in charge of your mood. It also is your filter. So it it brings into account your beliefs and your values and it filters life through those things. And lastly, your subconscious in charge of the sensation. So the five senses that we have, your subconscious is in charge of that. So when we start to like piece together the conscious mind, then the subconscious mind, I want you to start thinking about this like as a triangle. Like the conscious mind is a very, very small percentage of the mind that you use on a daily basis. In fact, scientists really believe that in your daily life, you're only using about 5% of your total mindset is coming from your conscious mind. That is crazy. Then we move down to or your subconscious and unconscious mind, and that takes up about 90 to 95% of your day. So while it doesn't seem like your subconscious mind is really doing anything, in fact, it's doing way more and it's way more aware of your surroundings than you actually are in your conscious state. So that's kind of a snippet of your subconscious mind. So your conscious mind can tap into your subconscious mind where your conscious mind has a really hard time tapping into your unconscious mind, which is the lowest tier of that pyramid. It's the deepest level of our mind. And I really think of this as the storage center or the filing cabinet for every single event that's happened into your life. They've been filed into your unconscious mind. So anything that uh, these tend to be events that maybe you you've suppressed or things that you can't recall. They're they're not easily tapped into like those memories in your subconscious mind that you can just kind of tap into whenever you need them and then file them away. No, these are like the deep filing cabinets that you would like take and put in a, a safe or, um, you know, you would store outside of easily accessible. But here's the deal. Your unconscious mind is where a lot of your action stems from. So again, your unconscious mind is the storehouse of all memories and past experiences, both those that have been repressed through trauma and those that have simply been 
consciously forgotten and no longer important to us. Your body hasn't forgotten any of these. And this is where, if you've ever heard of body memory coming from, this is where your body memory is stored. So if you had some kind of trauma to your body, your body hasn't forgotten that. And in some cases, if you have a scent or a sight or or like those deja vu experiences, they're bringing back up body memory and or event memory or trauma memory to those things simply because they've been filed away. They haven't been deleted. And so your body still has the ability to pull them back up when something triggers them. So again, this is going to be a lot like your subconscious mind, but the real big difference between your subconscious and your unconscious mind is that the unconscious mind is really that deep underground library of all your memories, of all of your habits, and all of your behaviors. It's the deep storehouse of all your deep-seated emotions that have been programmed since birth. And here's the deal about your unconscious mind and why we're even talking about it is because if you want significant changes at the core level, like if you want to get to the root cause and you want to change at the root level so that you can do this for life in an easy way, whatever it is that you're seeking, you have to do it from the unconscious level because the unconscious and the subconscious amount to 90 to 95% of your daily mindset, which means your mindset. And if we think about your mindset running your actions, then we know that if we don't change 90 to 95% of our thoughts in any given day, we're really up against something really difficult because our conscious mind can't keep up with life that's happening at the subconscious and unconscious level. I feel like I'm kind of talking myself into circles here, but but I hope you're getting this point, is that we have to change from the unconscious and the subconscious level over our conscious mind. And yet today, so far, almost all of health recommendations have come from a conscious state, which yes, you have to be conscious to change, right? It has to come from a conscious mind, but no one's focusing on where 90 to 95% of all of our mindset components are coming from, and that's our unconscious place. And so this summer, We're really going to try to go deep. We're going to try to get to the root and dig up the unconscious mind and really start to deal with that because I believe that if we start to change, I don't just believe, science believes that if we start to change our unconscious mind, we can see behaviors modified for life in the right way. And these are like our default settings. These become things that we just do, our habits, things that we do in any given day without thinking about it. So maybe it takes that run that you hate exercise and it starts to pinpoint in your unconscious body, why do you hate to exercise? Like what was the trigger that caused that? Can we sort through the filing cabinet a little bit, maybe toss some papers to the trash and the burn pile to get rid of and really start to create new memories and therefore new behaviors based off that? Okay, this sounds really deep and it's because it is, but I can assure you that once we start traveling this journey, I hope that it makes so much sense and that it really starts to bring that freedom that you've been fighting for that you didn't even know and really starts to put this stuff into practice so that health becomes easy. It becomes something that you do and not something that you have to work so hard for. How do we create change? I'm gonna give you like five points to creating change and really working with your subconscious and unconscious mind, specifically the unconscious mind. But we're gonna start on the surface because the reality is, is that in order to create change, 
in your life, you must learn to control what you consciously focus on. One of the the most vital points of our conscious mind and the 5% that it's used is that it creates focus and it creates awareness. And those are keys that we have to use in our conscious state. So yes, there's a level of discipline that this is going to take because it's a level of keeping the focus and keeping the awareness to where you are. And, and then using the skill of directing your focus, which is really quite simple, and it all boils down, again, to making a choice. Deciding how you will think and what thoughts you will allow into your m- mind will ultimately determine your action. So we're going to use our conscious mind. Again, you can write this down unless you're in the car, and it's all laid out in the show notes and the handout that I created for you. But we're going to use our conscious mind to create the focus and awareness, determining and making the choice of what we're going to focus on and what we're not. And knowing this, we can understand that the subconscious mind obeys orders. So our subconscious mind is going to obey whatever the conscious mind decides to focus on. So if you're focusing on negative thoughts and things not going well and really wanting that piece of cake or not getting to your goal weight, your subconscious is going to follow that suit. And the 90 to 95% of all other actions that you take in a day are going to follow along with a thought that you're not worth this, that you can't do something and darn that piece of cake looks good. And therefore, those thoughts are going to overwhelm your mind and take control. And that's really hard to beat. So instead, we're going to start working with our conscious mind to focus on the positive things, the things that we can change, the things that we desire to change in us, and we're going to stay positive and we're going to stay consistent with that. But here's the thing. Our conscious mind is like a muscle. It takes practice to like work this thing out. And so you have to constantly just be reminding yourself and trying to stay focused on more of the positive mindset. And when I talk about the, the, the subconscious mind taking orders and obeying the conscious mind, the subconscious mind will only deliver the emotions and feelings of what you continuously think about. So when we talk about what the emotions are doing in the body, which is going to be podcast number two up next week is really the biological component of how emotions are affecting our body, then we can see how important it is to focus on emotions that are going to help us and lift us up, not pull us down. Because again, the subconscious mind is going to deliver on those emotions of about what you constantly think about. So by continuously being in charge of your own thoughts through directing your focus and using your visualization, you can influence what programs the subconscious mind constantly runs. And if we do this often enough and with enough emotional energy, we'll start to reprogram your unconscious mind and your belief system, and therefore great and lasting change will come from that. So here's your focus. Here's the big point of the day. We are driven by emotion. We are not driven by goals. We are not driven by a destination. We are driven by emotions. And we know this, right? So many times people set a goal weight or they set a goal to achieve the 5K or or whatever your goal is. Now, here's the thing about like goal weights or fitting into a certain size of jeans. You would think that once someone got there, like they would be ecstatic and this would be everything that they ever wanted and they would really bask in that. But so many times, if not every time, when someone reaches that weight or that size, it's not good enough, right? Just like people who or who want a promotion and want to make X amount of money and then they'll be happy, right? Once they reach that, it's just never enough. And we get on this vicious cycle of wanting more and needing to lose more weight and be at a different size and look a different weight. And the reason is, is because 
goals in themselves are not satisfying to us. We are satisfied via an emotion, via feelings. If you want to see change, we have to go for an emotion or we have to attach an emotion for what we want to achieve from that rather than the goal itself. Now, it's not to say that goals are wrong, but we have to understand that we're driven via the emotion. So whether we want to feel better or we're going for comfort or companionship. So we have to understand what emotions that we're seeking and then therefore putting more of those emotions into our daily life or focusing more on those emotions because then we'll live more satisfied versus just chasing and chasing and chasing and never being satisfied. So really, once we set this emotion or we understand this emotion, then we can understand if that emotion is for our self-freedom or if it's for our self-protection. And this is going to change our biology. Again, we're gonna dive deeper into this next week But we have two types of emotions. We have those that drive self-freedom or they're uplifting and they're filling us up and they're helping us take steps in action in the right direction or they're turned into a self-protection, which often comes from past trauma. And those are there to protect and put us into survival mode and to kind of shut our bodies down. Um, And in these self-protection modes, we really find a lack of energy because we're preserving energy. We also see preserving energy and maybe body fat and other things. So we start holding on to and storing all of this excess stuff that really you've been meaning to let go of. But because we've attached the wrong emotion to what we're trying to accomplish, our body's either going to free up and trust the process or it's going to go into protection and kind of shut down. And this is because the subconscious mind will go through any length to protect you and what you believe. So even when we think about like self-sabotaging thoughts, those a lot of times are just self-protecting thoughts. So our body just goes into self-protection mode. So we have to get to a place where we can get to self-freedom, where we can free our thoughts and we can free our emotions and we can really just step in who we were created to be. So how do we do this? Number one is to know your subconscious beliefs. And you do this by taking an honest look at your predominant patterns. So think about and record patterns in your life, things that maybe um, having your end goal or what you want to change. And then think about all the patterns in your life that are either helping you get there or not helping you get there. Maybe you have a pattern of overeating or you have a pattern of avoiding the gym or you have a pattern of hitting snooze or you have a pattern of um, picking up fast food in the drive-through on the way home. So know your patterns and know your habits. Look at the good and the bad. Think about what patterns are good and what patterns you have are bad, like your default settings. And this seems tedious, but you really have to do this because you have to observe and know what your patterns are in order to change them. Which brings us to number two, you also have to know what you believe about yourself and why you do what you do here's where you're taking those patterns and you're starting to put a belief or an emotion. You're attaching what you believe about why you do what you do. So for instance, if you have a pattern of overeating, you might believe that you deserve to eat or that food is your constant source of pleasure or that it's a well-deserved treat. So you have to start attaching the emotion to your patterns and understand why you do what you do. Then, number three, you have to understand what purpose or intention did the belief serve. Were you overeating for pleasure? Were you overeating for comfort? Were you overeating for control or for stress relief? Or were you doing it out of companionship? So why were you doing the behavior that you were doing in the first place? What were you seeking? 
which can take you into number four, and it's to feel and release any emotion that you become aware of related to those beliefs. So you have to start to to feel that and to allow yourself to let the emotion flow um, and know that emotions are the primary language of your subconscious mind. And as you bring your patterns to your conscious mind, that also is gonna bring up the emotion then. And in those moments, you have the opportunity to express the energy of the emotions stored there. Now, this is this becomes more real, right? This becomes more difficult and maybe something that you want to run away from. Like, oh yeah, I get it until this point, right? When I have to bring up emotions and release those emotions, especially if you're someone who suppresses those emotions. I mean, I'm a huge suppressor of emotions. Like not a lot works me up until it does. And then it's like, All of a sudden, everything that I've suppressed comes to the forefront. And three months later, we're talking about things that have happened six months ago that I never dealt with. And now all of a sudden, I need to deal with everything in my life at once. It's not an ideal moment for my husband. Um, And so I've been really trying to work on not suppressing the emotions. But when I see the behavior or I see the action or I have the thoughts, the emotions that are not positive that keep coming up and stirring and I get that anxious and worry thoughts instead of just constantly suppressing that and pushing that down um, and waiting for ultimately an explosion to happen. um, I've been trying to deal with those as they come and I can assure you that it's scary at first, but the more that you voice those emotions, the more that you bring them out into your conscious mind, the more you can rationalize with them and start to deal with them. Because here's the thing about your subconscious mind is that Your subconscious mind takes every emotion and it becomes very, very real, even though when you put it in your conscious mind, it's absurd, right? So our subconscious thing could be thinking things that are really, really ridiculous, and but yet it's so real to you because your subconscious can't distinguish reality from fiction. It can't distinguish reality from future or reality from fear. And so whatever you're feeling, whatever emotion is happening, your your subconscious takes that very, very seriously. So if you're simply watch a scary movie and then when you're laying in bed at night and you're fearful that robbers are going to break into your house and murder your family, I mean, that's gruesome, right? But if you're having those thoughts before bed and you're having trouble falling asleep, it's because the subconscious mind has made that to be very, very real. And it's preparing your body for what you would do to spring into action to take care of the situation. So it's releasing cortisol. It's releasing endorphins. It's doing all this stuff that's gonna keep you awake and give you energy and really give you the adrenaline to get away. It's making that experience very, very real, even though it's very, very fake. And so sometimes when we do number four of feel and release any emotions, what I mean by that is when you bring it to the conscious mind, don't just suppress it again because it gets scary and it gets real. Voice it, let it out, speak it, tell a friend. This is where community comes into play um, and we're having friendships where you can just vent um, and let things go. I think that's super healthy, healthy or going to counseling or therapy, places where you're free and places where you can really express who you are and um, get to know your subconscious and unconscious mind um, and, and let those out. And I think this is really, really, really a critical point to talk about spiritual health as well, because without the, and I know not everyone believes the same thing I believe, but um, being a Christian, I feel like having the Savior, this is really, really, really important to me in dealing with this phase of 
being okay to let those emotions out because I have a foundation for which to place them on, to judge how real they are and um, to let them go because I can let them go. And rather than feeling this void of, okay, now I just let everything go and now I have nothing left in my subconscious to fill me up or my unconscious, I can start to let Jesus and his love and his hope and that future to fill me up and give me more light. So I've let go of the negative emotion and I automatically have that positive emotion to fill me back up. So number four, again, is to feel and release any emotion that you become aware of. It's gonna be scary, but just voicing those things can help. And then number five is identify alternate ways to meet this positive intention or to fill your mind with the positive thoughts again and let when you let that negative subconscious thoughts and emotions go, you automatically fill it with your positive ones. And here's the thing. If you don't do this, your body is automatically going to go back to its old ways. You have to give it something. Otherwise, it's automatically going to default to past programs unless you create the new program to run to. And that's how your body's going to work. That's that's body memory. And here's what's even more real is that because we have such strong survival mechanisms, which is critical because we want to survive, but our, our body's always going to perceive things or, or generally the more natural approach to life is the negative, is the watch out, is the worry, is the anxiety, and the negative emotions of our unconscious and subconscious. Because in our unconscious, we're more likely and apt to remember or to pull out of our filing cabinet the traumatic events rather than the positive ones. And so in our subconscious, in our unconscious, we're more negative by nature. We have to start learning to replace those negative thoughts with positive ones. And this is where being aware in your conscious mind of what you're feeling and having that focus and awareness, which is what your conscious mind brings to the table, using that for your benefit to recreate the programs. Now, this sounds really overwhelming probably at this point, but just some quick tips that you can get started because I have a handout that's going to help you walk through some of these things um, to know your patterns, to know your behaviors, what emotions you're seeking and how you can create positivity. But in order to do this well, just some simple things that you can do to get started. Like I said, we're going to break this all down because it's super fascinating and could change everything. But here's one. You have to repeat healthy, positive thoughts consistently. So your conscious mind, we need to focus and be aware of the positivity that we can bring back into our life. And I think this is the power of gratitude. And so much research has been done on gratitude and happiness. And I think the thing about gratitude is that it taps into our subconscious and unconscious mind. It allows us to be more aware of the positive things in our life. Therefore, our subconscious starts acting on the positive in our life rather than the negative. And it's just the constant reminder of how blessed we are and how many positive things we have in our life. Even if we're not where we think we should be or where we want to be, we still all have something to be grateful for. So one is just repetition, filling your mind with positive things and putting an emotion on that. So it's not enough to just write things on a sticky note. Like sticky notes, yeah, it's a reminder, but it doesn't come with the emotion. So you have to repeat those things on the sticky note with the emotion. And I think where gratitude comes in is that you're grateful because you felt, right? You're grateful because you've 
experienced. You're grateful because you've lived or you communicated or you've loved. So there's always, when we when we write things out in our gratitude journal, I think it becomes easier to attach an emotion to that because those are things that you've lived and you've felt and you've um, experienced rather than just writing out desires that you want to seek because a lot of times there's no emotion, there's no memory of those emotions that you can attach to it. So I'm not saying that you can't do that. You can't say, you want to get to X, Y, and Z because you want to feel good or because you want that companionship. But you have to attach what positive things are happening right now that you've actually experienced because there's a real emotion attached to it. So repetition, gratitude goes along with that. The second thing is that's really a, a practical thing that you can do is just to live present. Here's the thing about our conscious mind. It's easy to get distracted in the future. This is my biggest thing. I I literally have a shirt on that says dreamer while I'm sitting here. I didn't even realize that while I was doing this podcast. But if I could live in La La Land and Dreamville for the rest of my life, I would love it. Although there's a whole set of anxiety that that produces when you come back to the present life. But some people have a harder time living present than others, myself included. But here's the thing about being present. This is what we need our conscious mind to do is to be aware and to be present. And and the thing about this, we are creating life here. And remember, whenever our conscious mind gets distracted by the future or the past, our subconscious mind has to pick up the pieces and live in the moment. Like when I'm saying, like when you drive that car and you can't remember how you got there, well, your subconscious mind took over because you're distracted. And your subconscious mind automatically defaults to the programs to do the necessary jobs that it has to do. But if we're trying to change those default patterns, I'm not saying driving a car because if you're an adult, you probably have those subconscious default patterns to driving. But if you're trying to change your diet or you're trying to change your health or you're trying to change your relationships, you have to be present in order to do that because otherwise your subconscious will default to old programs that haven't worked. And we know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over without seeing results, right? And so we can't believe that doing the same thing is going to equate to results. We have to do something new. And maybe that means being present in whatever it is you want to change. Here's a take-home message, and I love this quote from Bruce Lipton. He says, we are not victims of anything other than the programs we are operating from. If we change the programs you're operating from, if your subconscious programs match the wishes and desires of the conscious mind, your life will be one continuous honeymoon experience for as long as you live on this planet. Your body responds to the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you act. This is the mind-body connection that we have to start understanding. So rather than living in self-protection mode, we need to start living in self-freedom. And that comes from knowing the past trauma, dealing with it, and creating new flourishing rhythms. That comes with attaching emotions to your goals rather than just living for the goals in themselves. So I want you to take some time. Go back into the show notes, simplerootswellness.com backslash 092, print out that handout that will help you walk through this and take some time to get to know your patterns, get to know the emotions and what's filling you inside and learn how can you create positive emotions attached to that. Remember, we're going to take this into a deeper dive in the coming weeks. This is just the intro, but I promise if you really take this seriously, if you really start to look at your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings, you're going to start to see a huge association 
with the way that you feel and with your health in general. In fact, I've seen some statistics as I've researched is that some scientists account for 90% of all diseases or symptoms to be related to anxiety in general. This is not something to take lightly. There's an enormous amount of symptoms that come from negative emotions, which is what we're gonna dive into next week, followed by an expert who's gonna talk more about that before we get into really how do we change our subconscious and unconscious mind and live with mental health and spiritual health that can change our outcome forever. Really to live with less anxiety, less worry, and more joy and happiness. That is what we're after. And it starts by knowing your emotions, knowing your routines and the things that we talked about here and starting to attach the positive emotion to the things that you wanna change. But before I go, I do wanna take a moment to say that I know mental health is a huge, huge subject and there are more suicides than there ever has been before. And if nothing else that I tell you today, I want you to know that your life is worth living. Even in the darkest moments, your life is worth living and you have great purpose here. So if you're really struggling, if you don't know where to go or if you don't have hope, I really, really really encourage you to reach out, to find help, to go to a counselor or sign up for therapy. There is no shame in that. In fact, I believe that everyone, every single human here could benefit from counseling and therapy. I've done it myself and I know lots of people who have found great value in that. And I know that mental health has been a really, really shameful thing in the past. And I wanna put that to end and to help us all to recognize that we all have something that we could be working on and that there is great purpose and there is great hope here in this world. And if you are struggling with that, please reach out and get help. If you need help finding a counselor or therapy, you are more than welcome to email me at any time um, and let me know and I can help you get the help that you need But again, make sure that if you're struggling, that you don't let this go too long, that you reach out, you find a friend, you find a counselor and get therapy. And we start talking more about mental health. We start talking more about how we can live as more positive people with more purpose and more passion than ever before. So I hope you'll stick around. Head on over to the show notes to learn more information about today's show. Get that free download and sign up for my email. That's again, simplerootswellness.com backslash 092. Let's take a deep breath, right? That was a show. That was a deep dive into our mindset, a little deeper than I thought, but I hope at the end of the day that you start taking these first steps into understanding who you are, what your mindset is, and the power that it holds. So thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to head on over to simplerootswellness.com backslash 092 to get all the information from the show. And make sure you head on over to iTunes or simplerootswellness.com backslash review to leave a rating and review to help the show continue and to bring what you want to see. Don't forget to come back next week as I talk more about the biological component of our mindset and what it's doing to the health of our body. And then stay tuned this summer as we work to change our unconscious and our subconscious thoughts to really live with more joy and more happiness and to make health easy because health was never intended to be this difficult, right? Like, am I right? Are you feeling me on that? It was never meant to suck the life out of us like it does. We were never intended to live for health, but rather live with health. And that's what I wanna help you to do. So stay tuned. There's so much good stuff coming up. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, don't forget to head to the show notes and email me if you have any questions. I'll see you then.